Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, a podcast series that brings Mintel firmly into a world of modern content consumption. With this series, we will bring together Mintel's brightest minds to discuss some of the trendy, foodie, beauty topics that cross our minds every single day. I'm Edward Bergen, global food and drink analyst and all-round foodie and hummus fanatic. Uh, So today, we're going to be looking at a topic that's actually changing the face of advertising and innovation. The topic of influencers. So I'm not going to go into more detail yet. First, I want to introduce you to two of Mintel's, in my opinion, best uh, analysts. So we've got here, we've got Simon Moriarty, who's the director of our trends platform in EMEA. And we've got Jack Duckett, a senior consumer lifestyles analyst. Guys, introduce yourselves. After you, Jack. Well, so I, yeah, I am indeed Mintel Senior Consumer Lifestyles Analyst, the one and only. Um, in my role, I write a series of reports where we look at the attitudes and behaviours of different demographic groups, seeing how those change, whether that be men, women, those be age gut, cuts, or by different dem- uh, generational groups. We just sort of see what makes the population tick. Um, so that's me. As in, if you want to have a conversation about pretty much anything lifestyle related, just go and talk to Jack. That is me. I should be able to cover it, ideally. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and Simon? Yes, I am indeed Director of Trends for EMEA. So my role is primarily looking after our trends platform, uh, managing a team of content experts who write all of our amazing content. Uh, also part of the global content team, so managing our strategy around the world um, and going out and speaking to clients all over Europe, Middle East, Africa, um, spreading the trends word. So yeah, just like Jack actually, in a very good position to kind of talk about lots of things because everything trendy that we stuff. do i hate the phrase trendy stuff but uh yeah, but, it's yeah. about consumers it's about people's behavior motivations and all the kind of weird and wonderful things that we do as people okay so this topic then i'm hoping both of you will have uh, yeah. a few ideas so to start with i think we use this term influencer and anybody maybe over the age of 35 i'm probably gonna get shot for saying that whether they understand this term influencer because <laughs> the influencer are um to maybe my parents is still what they read in the newspaper or you know the the cookbook that my mum buys from a top professional chef um can you please define it for me well as someone over the age of 35, um, <laughs> I, do, I do understand influence. I think it's a good point, though, that you make because it has changed so much. Um, I think we, as not just as consumers in terms of who influences us to buy a product or choose a certain fragrance or make a certain meal, we're influenced by everything we see all the time, and often it's subconscious. So... I think there's there's not really a definition of an influence because one person influencing you in, in all your decisions is probably an old-fashioned way of looking at things. But you're influenced by every type of Instagram feed, every type of celebrity, every type of advertising you see. But and what, it, it could be influenced. Changed, that, though. So what's changed recently? That's that I think because this, this term's now used. Well, I think the term's referring to often referring slightly shortly to social media influencers. That's where it's mm. that's where the curtness comes in. It, we've we've dropped the social media, and the part of the reason behind that is that social media influencers used to sit just on their channel with their followers behind them, but they've erupted out of social media into the rest of our lives. 
partly because so is social media that has erupted from its its one-off check once a day on Facebook to see who's our new friend, edi- friend edition to regular checks throughout the day. And so we've probably dropped the social media tag a little bit because we're a little bit insecure about how much these people play in our lives because of how much social media plays yeah. in lives. Is that fair, Simon? I think so. I think I think that answers Ed's question as well. What's changed is the number of channels we have, the number yeah. of, of bits of information that come at us all the time. And it kind of goes back to this subconscious approach if you're you know you're mindlessly scrolling through instagram or you're looking at facebook you're taking in all of this information Mm. and you are influenced by it but i think it's important to see influencers not necessarily as making you make a decision it's kind of many many things are influencing lots of decisions that you make Mm. every single day i've got a problem with the term though so we had um in the uk we had love island last summer of course and within what and Jack, you know, you watched it like I, I did. did. Um, without about two weeks um, after Love Island ended, some of these guys who had been on the show um, had a million followers. Um, by the way, the the two that won broke up yesterday. I saw it was a headline in the newspaper. Um, oh, sorry, so, Simon's getting annoyed. So upset. Um, I know. So th- that's one of the things. I think that's one of the big challenges is that there are people that have come out of nowhere. They're selling brands and 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 talking about um, products and services, but yet who who are they yeah so i think the influencer used to be very much based i mean not used to be but there's always been sort of an influencer who's just a celebrity that sits within the socialite realm we went through a period at the start of the social media boom and up until more recently really where influencers were um people who brought a specific skill set or a specific typology that was interesting to the consumer and those have breadthened greatly and so that's why we've now got these uh, celebrity shows where an influencer is just a person like you and I it's someone who has a way of life that we somewhat want to identify with they're not just able to offer us a beauty skill or a way of cooking something they emanate a lifestyle that we particularly aspire to or someone might aspire to I'm not sure I could but I th- yeah I mean I think aspiration is the key because it's not exactly it's not suddenly that we've moved from an expert in a field influences you to a random person who's been on tv for a month takes that person's place because we've had celebrity endorsements for ever forever yeah and you know george clooney isn't a coffee expert (laughs) jennifer aniston isn't a skincare expert i think george clooney always wanted a coffee business though oh he wanted a tequila business and he he got that i mean george clooney can pretty much do whatever he wants but i think what we've seen is a shift in in attitudes to this idea of what celebrity is so we've had Mm -hmm. you know celebrity endorsements you a brand would get someone famous to be the spokesperson because that person is recognisable, not because they have, as Liam Neeson would say, a unique set of skills. Um, <laughs> can't believe you just brought that in. <laughs> you can't have a podcast without a Neeson. Um, but we've moved away. People are, are, are looking for aspiration that's different. So they'll see people like the celebrities, in inverted commas, on Love Island or whatever kind of reality TV show. And those people are probably more like the viewer. Yeah. because they're similar ages mm. they come from a similar background we've seen the growth of on instagram in particular where brands are getting involved with people who have built up a large following so um there's a guy called father of daughters yes. who set started his instagram post it was just taking photos because he's the only guy in a family of five women so he's got young children and a wife and he, he lives a sort of you know everyday life and he takes photos and videos of what it's like to look after small girls um, being kind of outnumbered in his own home. All the different products and services that he uses and brands started to jump onto that. So he got, uh, I think it was Audi, gave him a car for a week and got him to take photos and record what it was mm-hmm. like, what the sort of 
benefits of having that particular vehicle for his particular needs and people associate with that because he's a working father he's got small mm. children he's got specific a specific role he's got a normal job and it people are more likely to sort of tie into that rather than thinking well if Gerard Butler is driving a Ferrari around Hong Kong, I'm going to try and one day get a Ferrari. That's that's kind of unrealistic aspiration. It Whereas is. Whereas this was, I'm going to, I think an Audi would suit me because I've got three small children. I do the school run. I need to go and get my groceries yeah. on a Saturday, whatever it is. I think that's absolutely true, Simon. But I also think there's starting to be a gap emerging where it's it's the next step. There's almost uh, an American dream element to the influencers we aspire to. And they've stepped out of just being people they can relate to and almost... The, the biggest social media stars are the ones that have left that world behind and entered a world where um, it's it's aspirational to the point it's not quite attainable. It's only attainable if you follow the same lifestyle pa- path they have. Mm. That's where you get the Love Island stars from. You get things like um, Zoella, who went from once picking out makeup products from a small bag in front of her to now it has to be very, very uh, high-end luxury bags that she pulls all of her products out of. And the point is, is that... Um, people see a lot of these influences as having a career path or a life trajectory they can follow. And I think for younger people in particular, that level of the influencer isn't so much, I'm being influenced by this person because we have a um, a lifestyle that matches. It's a lifestyle that I can aspire to as well. I think that gap between aspiration and comparability. I think, that's interesting. I think it's a, there's a, become a bit of a dark side to influencers. You've actually talked about it a lot, which is, I think the, the classic one is these good-looking people from reality shows mm. are then advertising weight loss programs or advertising cosmetic surgery or advertising um, different gym regimes that yeah. suit them um, and either people who maybe don't have that physique um, are feeling either left out and it's a bit of a problem for them or, you know, this is becoming a big topic in the news at the moment. But I think that's always been the case. I mean, it's. I think it's, again, it's we're more aware of it because there are so many more of those types of people. Exactly. But, you know, even before social media, if you saw, I mean, advertising used to be a lot kind of more stereotypical than it is now and advertising was built around beautiful celebrities. Mm. And it even, you know, back then you would see someone advertising primarily beauty and personal care products with, you know, a six pack and yeah. beach body and that kind of thing. And people Already. were, it had the same negative impact because it's this unattainable idea of beauty. Um, I think because we've seen the growth and the emergence of it's, you know, it's very relatively easy to become an influencer online. <laughs> if you do it the right way, if you target the right followers, yeah. you can become an influencer. Um, and what's dangerous, I think, is that people are able to talk to so many consumers about so many things without this kind of, check they don't have any barriers in place so someone can go online and create a video talking about whatever they want and they will influence people the majority well maybe not the majority but a lot of consumers are sensible enough to kind of think Hmm. you know this isn't right for me i need more information i need more transparency but i think particularly when it comes to speaking to young people and targeting children and teenagers that's where it becomes more of a dangerous sort of as you said a dark area i mean the fact that the most i think the the person who made the most money on youtube this year was a child doing yeah, toy toy comparisons and toy reviews and it, they're making millions and millions of dollars and it's you know it's kind of you can see it that's it's quite a nice thing it's a kid who's getting exposure and they're making money but also that has quite a lot of negative connotations it's like living it's in dark. an unreal yeah There's unrealistic not- world are they being used by brands by parents are we going to see more people pushing their children in front of a camera to do like silly things? We've seen that in the past where people have been 
um, you know, they've been charged, there have been legal re- repercussions for playing pranks on their children well, and, yeah. and, and sort of treating people badly on... Turning your child into a meme. Yeah, <laughs> treating people badly people online. They, 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 what, what one that I saw last year a lot was um, people dressing their kids up to be sort of movie posters and just copying movie posters yeah. and then you see that every single day or week. And that's um, where it gets dark. That's where it gets dangerous because, I mean, we know from our research at Mintel that by the time you're five years old, you have about 5,000 pictures of yourself on the internet. And before you were five, before, well, in that age period, you have no control over yeah. what goes online. You don't even have your own account. A lot of, you know, I find it a bit weird that people are setting up accounts for their children and you do think or their dogs for example or their dogs or their household appliances or their cars or whatever but it's it's where it becomes that that sort of line between this is what i want to share i want to influence my friends and close family and you know by sharing what i'm eating where i'm going on holiday and there is a genuine need for social research to be a, a tool of of research of social media to be a tool of research oh yeah we know that people choose holiday destinations based on instagram p- pictures for example so there is genuine positivity in influencing people but there's also a fine line between just shouting into the He's void done a, jack's done a lot of this i a think you've done you've done, you've done yeah, yeah well he I does think, <laughs> a lot of influencing i think it's the negativity sits around the number I pick out what you said just then it's the pure number of influencers that have merged in recent years i think it's easy to say there's always been a model to aspire to there's always been someone to look at and think oh why don't i look like that but that's just that person is the perception that comes from it now if you are uh, like a photo of someone who looks a certain way or behaves in a certain way the the algorithms that are instagram or facebook or snapchat or any of those will direct everyone else in that category at you and suddenly it seems like there's a lot of people who look look this way or who behave this way and all of a sudden you're the outsider and of course the more you like the more it reinforces that it goes around it creates a wall of this that's very hard to get out of and i think um it's that message that i i worry about the most because it's it's recurring it's very strong it's self uh reinforcing and it's one that young people aren't often equipped for it's that, that difference between reality and not reality that that young people aren't wrongly not not already set up for. They, they're not. That's not new. They couldn't always tell what was photoshopped, what wasn't photoshopped. Just as they can't tell what's uh, the sixtieth photo taken and published on Instagram mm. by that person or not. And it's it's but, that difficulty that brands, I think, almost have a role to um, to work on to expose yeah. and to show what what authenticity is. On that, on is. the brands, what if you're then we've talked about some of the challenge of the dark side. If you're a brand and you want to, because brands are now dealing with this situation where they used to be the experts mm. of the industry mm. in, you know, if you want to go learn about, you know, ketchup, tomato ketchup, you probably look at Heinz and yeah. you look at them. But now maybe if if uh, reality stars endorsing, you know, Stokes ketchup, mm-hmm. um, what does that what does that mean for the big brands? What do you, how do you think they can react to this 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 change in market? What would you suggest, both of you? Well, I think I think. I don't think people are going to move away from brands as influencers at the yeah. end, at the sort of the, the last point of, of influence. So that the brand might have a spokesperson or a group of spokespeople, but I think we as consumers on the whole understand that, you know, this celebrity from Love Island isn't an expert in how to create condiments. They're just the face of the brand, mm. uh, you know. So we still trust that the brand behind that is the expert in ingredients and sourcing and whatever else. Um and I think actually going back to Jack's point about young people, I think we're actually where it might get more difficult to kind of um, engage is with older consumers because young people are more aware of that level of noise on social media. Mm. Young people are, uh, are spending time trying to actually do different things outside of, of social media. They're stepping back. They have more of a 
more of a purpose when they go online. So they're actually more aware of this level of information and, and the damage it can do in terms of, you know, just is taking... That, is that true? That yeah. they're, 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 Our they're research shows back? that 16 to 24-year-olds um, are making a conscious effort to cut back on social media. Um, brands like Instagram, for example, is, is actually saying to its users, yeah, that's don't, true. don't use us all the time. Because it's, it's an interesting strategy and it shows that the brands themselves are aware of all of this information. And saying, you know, take some time off Instagram, that's the brand, A, it's kind of positioning itself as it cares about its users, but also it knows that if you take a break from using Instagram, you're going to come back and be more focused, more engaged more, with the, more content, engaged with the content. Exactly. The ONS just released something recently that's... Um, and that's in, in the UK in their body. They released something about when we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday from the ONS. They released something about isolation, um, and they had numbers where, um, especially kids in cities, especially kids that um, are less affluent, but uh, that they're feeling extremely isolated. And I and that's kind of where maybe I disagree with you here. That I think that there is a big problem amongst young people where they're not talking to others and they're talking to their screens. 16 to 24-year-olds are obviously more conscious and they've got more education, more information, more knowledge, so they are making that effort. So I think it's the under-16s that are the, the, the issue. problem. So yeah, when okay, you talk about children... 12 to 15-year-olds. I mean, we had yeah. that, that incredible stat from, marketing, uh, from uh, Lifestyles of Children and Teens this year, which found that over half of children 12 to 15, a uh, child 12 to 16, say it's easier to make friends online. Um, via, you know, referring to social media. I think from that perspective, it's that these young children are given, I think as Simon was alluding to, they're given the opportunity to make friends very easily or, or the perception of making friends very easily. But there is, you know, bountiful research show that the types of friends that you make online, whether that be through social media platforms or through through gaming remember which is the other big option for making online friends for this group the types of friends they make are uh, superficial friendships they're not relationships that can cause the back and forth for the emotional discussions that are required or, or given from real world friendships and i think without those that's where this feeling of loneliness is coming from i actually i'm not i don't disagree with that but i think the change in consumer perception and, and the changing world in which we live and the fact that everything we do or the majority of things we do is tied to digital. Mm. It's the new way of communicating. It's the mainstream way of communicating. Mm. People's attitudes actually show that when they make connections online, they do consider that to be a genuine friendship. And in a lot of cases, it is a friendship. It's, there's no, there's Just, no kind of connotation behind it's it. It's not got the... Uh, they might not meet in real life, but... They yeah, are. They I, consider themselves yeah. to be genuine friends, and it, it does have a positive in terms of yeah, yeah. that connection. But yeah, the social isolation trend is is obviously massive. Mm. Um, with or without social media, that would still be an issue. I think we, because we would always have young people in smaller towns, in less urban areas that don't have the resources to, or the finances maybe to go out and, and experience things that people in bigger cities or more affluent young people do. But we're um, seeing that city people are the most lonely. That's the thing. Yeah, and I think as cities grow that's going to cause more of an issue okay um, so no but i think th- i think the 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 main point is that social media can do more to foster positivity yes. I, I think what we need to mm. see from brands and instagram has instagram has started this a little bit facebook less so is brands actually using their platforms to celebrate things like inclusivity sharing of skills rather than this competitive element where you know you're seeing how many friends you have Mm. versus your friends you're seeing you know does this person have better profile picture does this person have more followers on instagram does this person um, get more likes on twitter this this level of competition is where 
the idea of influence is kind of slightly changed over time, I think, because it's much more easy to tell how successful you are. How influential you are based on the number of exactly. people that you've, you've got, got numbers yeah. behind it. So in the past, a brand would have been able to track viewing figures of its advertising online, um, sales based on a marketing campaign. But that was at the brand level. Now it's at the consumer level where you can say, you know, I follow this person on Instagram. As a result, I've got X number of followers. I did this tweet. As a result, I got 25 retweets. And it's consumers themselves are becoming influencers. I also think there's an opportunity for just a different type of influencer to emerge. I think brands are recurringly reusing the same typology of of, of, uh, inspire and influence. And I think a different option, someone that's from a different industry that's not just based on a reality star etc i think it'd be very interesting to see that, that brings a skill set or that's slightly out of your category even just to show the multiple applications that can come yeah and i think we've seen i think reality tv social media these kind of fairly new platforms where anyone can have a voice i think we're going to see them those change i mean the fact that big brother has kind of been axed yeah, yeah, yeah. after a number of years love island you know is very successful at the moment something else will come and take its place of course we've seen the growth of kind of more real um kind of shows and social media uh celebrities coming to the fore so people i think are more aware of this idea of superficiality yeah and they don't necessarily get anything out of it and people because there is so much information so much noise people are more aware of what they want to focus on and who they want to follow or be followed by okay so let's change the conversation a little bit um both of you you uh you always say very interesting things in my opinion um thanks but then who who influences i will ask you who are your biggest influencers so if i'm going to talk about myself because i love talking about myself it's like being center of attention um thank you um i am currently wearing a serge denim t-shirt this is me advertising but i follow a guy called oliver oliver proudlock beautiful thank you it's it's black and got a brand name on the front um chap called oliver Proudlock, who's in the show Made in Chelsea, but I actually like him because he his entire um, social media sort of stories, the way he does it, is that he's got like little taglines like, yeah, baby. And then he's used <laughs> those taglines to put them on his clothes. Um, so he like he gets a lot of people seeing this this persona of him. And then he's quite exciting and quite eccentric. But and why, then he puts them on his clothes. Why is that a positive? Just out no, of interest. I find them entertaining. Okay, so I, it's, I it's enjoy... the entertainment level. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the guy's ripped. He's like so cool. It's he's quite as well. Well, it's not going to happen with me. I like. I'm a foodie. It's going to no, be a but problem. you know, as uh, you're saying, it's the fact he's got his catchphrases. He's also, you know, he's a good-looking guy. He's ripped. So it's there's. Simon, <laughs> you've, just, you've just ruined I'm all just of my Instagram me. idols because um, basically I fancy all no, of no, them. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not a criticism. It's a, it was a genuine like. It's interesting. I, to see I what think it's the it's the the entertainment factor and. I think the way he advertises um, brands is pretty cool, and most of the brands are very plain colours. And I like plain colours um, with a with a, one little picture on. So that's an influencer. I say it's an influencer, probably just from social media enjoyment. Well, he's, he's influenced you to buy his brand. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the two of you: give me an influencer and why. Um, I yeah, it's a tough question. I was thinking. I think Jack is in the same position as well to try and. I think going back to the point at the very start of the podcast there are so many influencers and a lot of them you don't know that they're influencing you until yeah. after the event so it's hard to then unless you buy a specific brand because of a specific person or you choose a specific product because it's advertised by a specific person so i i find it difficult to think i am influenced by x y and z because i like to think that i make my own decisions but a lot of 
the f- decisions I make, whether it's <laughs> everyone's looking at We're me very smiling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do. Oh wow! Really well done. <laughs> but it's, it's also you know it's probably not true. You know I I I like to think as I'm sure most people do. I dress a certain way or I behave a certain way because I have an identity, own, an identity, my yeah. own way mm. of doing things, my own set of standards, my own set of morals. But I'm also aware that you know you'll see an advert for a, a, a shirt or a pair of trainers and think yeah I could get away with that yeah. and maybe buy not necessarily the same brand but follow the same so there's look. nobody out there that you've seen on news or Twitter or social media where you've gone I really like what so they say I, I, like, I like what so the father of daughters I'm okay. not a father um, of daughters or any type <laughs> of child um, but I like his approach to social media because I think he's a likable so it goes back to your point it's it, you know it's a likable person a, a quite an entity comes across as a genuine person but I would never think, well, I'm going to aspire to live that life because it's a different lifestyle to mine. Um, I, I tend to be more influenced by um, kind of I, I, things like uh, authors or business people who move into things like social enterprise. And you see, and they talk about that on online. And it's not because it's a kind of, you know, do-gooding kind of thing. It's because it's interesting to see how people use their own influence to diversify into a different field. So... Uh, for example, there's an author called Dave Eggers, an American author, um, who has done lots and lots of different things. And, you know, I, I was influenced by him when I was younger because I read one of his books, his autobiography. And again, it was a different life to mine, but I felt really engaged with the, the book yeah. and his story and, and where he was going in his life. And then he diversified and opened a, a series of charities in the US educating young people. He's created um, a series of books listening to refugees and then fictionalizing their stories as novels which is a really interesting way of getting their story out and influencing other people and he does lots of ted talks and things about why he's decided to go down this route so it's i think people that kind of they start in one area and then they try and use their skills and their wealth and their influence to diversify across which is similar to what a celebrity from love island would do because they mm. they start as one type of person and then they try and diversify i think i just because of the type of person i am i'm less influenced by people who might go from being on reality tv to selling t-shirts or selling condiments or selling a fitness regime i'm more interesting in people who are you know like the first the guy who won the first series of the apprentice then founded a charity to help young people set up their own businesses yeah. that kind of taps into more of what i I'm interested in. Simon, you're a lot nicer person than I am. No, I, me. I, that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I am influenced by, I'm a huge ballet fanatic, as is well known. If uh, any of my heroes, Stephen McRae or Federico Benelli, wear a certain brand of t-shirt or uh, of leggings or tights, then I will probably buy them just because I think it's a great endorsement. So I'm a very classical, uh, easily influenced. But otherwise, I think my social media following is, is based on people I think who work in areas that I have no idea about. And I love the window they can offer into certain things there's a some gardeners who basically look after national trust gardeners a, a group of women who run a, a gardening business that look after sort of stately homes gardens women who left the city in their 40s and 50s to do this and i'm fascinated by their passion for it they're getting up every morning to, to look after these flowers they're so involved in it. it's, just, it's totally a world outside of what i'm used to um i think it's absolutely fascinating and that sort of thing you know, they could bring up a flower that I'd never heard of. I think I have to have it for my garden. It's just these insights into worlds that you just don't know anything about. That's what I find absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I think that's the power of influence. I think that's that's the the positive of influence. It's where you get this genuine kind of 
that could oh, wow. benefit my life in yeah. some way. And it yeah, might yeah. be a very small level. Yeah. Um, and also, I just, you know, just because I said I like following people who are like into kind of ethical things i do also see celebrities wearing t-shirts and then go and buy that t-shirt <laughs> you know it's not it's not, e- it's not it's not either or it's not i think and also you're influenced by people who aren't on social media you're influenced by your colleagues your friends you see, family, your parents. you see how people behave you follow that behavior you see how people dress you follow yeah, that yeah. Dress. people are you know we're creatures we of are habit all and, and okay so, so i'm going to try and ask you to influence our listeners mm. um can you say something that you've seen recently um, whether it's uh, an observation of some sort, whether it's in food, whether it's in the lifestyle or a ballet mm. in ballet or something um, where you think it's inspired you and you want to influence others to get inspired too. That's a very tough That's a great question. way to it's end any podcast. Yeah, it's nice to end a podcast with silence. Um, I can give you mine <laughs> to get you yeah, thinking. So it. I'm a good. massive fan of Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. Like huge. She does something um, through Christmas and it's Christmas now where she does, I think she does call it the 12 days of Christmas. Basically each day she gives really good people super amazing ethical people massive gifts and that like, goes to the house puts it in a giant <laughs> box and then they open the box it's like a massive new car for a family where they've been ha- finding it hard to make ends meet or gives them a huge pile of money to for amazing people that have run a soup kitchen all over the city um that has always i i absolutely love it and i follow it every day because it's just totally inspiring um and yeah she's just wonderful so that's mine. Well, I've been watching the Hotel of the Rich and Famous, I think it is, on BBC at the moment, the documentary about the uh, Corinthia Hotel in London. London's one of its most expensive hotels. And I think something that struck me is that we regularly like to write off and say that people in Britain don't, work, don't want to work in service jobs or there's so many roles that people don't want to work in because it's too difficult, it's not for us. But it's, it's, it's incorrect. And this is an amazing documentary showing that the various different ways that we work in, in the service industry and the high level of integrity people show in different jobs. And I, we're prepared that you can, to sit, people take the journey from, a, from waiter all the way up to managing one of Britain's most prestigious hotels. And it's this wonderful story of hard work and, and complete dedication to a role. I think is so inspiring and I think mm. those sorts of stories told more f- widely in different industries there's so many ways of doing it could be so inspirational to young people today I think yeah that idea of a journey is really powerful when it comes to influencers it's seeing where people have come from and where they're going um, I mean I'm, I'm struggling to think of something recently just because I think I've probably been influenced by so many things every single day that it's hard to drill down but I do remember very clearly from a few years ago I think it was Tommy Hilfiger did a TV spot, a sort of generic standard aftershave advert, you know, black and white, sitting on a beach, talking like sort of American monotone voiceover yeah, of course. with sort of platitudes. Very chic. But I remember, I remember being struck by the, the, the sort of message that was coming across was, it was a, a eau de toilette for men. And I think the tagline was something like, being a gentleman is being a gentle man. Mm. And I remember being struck that that was quite a nice aspirational didn't really i had no affiliation with the brand i probably didn't even wear i wasn't shaving at that point probably so i didn't wear aftershave he's still not shaving now still shaving but it's, i was probably ago. a teenager and um very ahead of his time i remember thinking that's you know that's if i if i consciously choose to live my life in a certain way then there are worse things to follow and it wasn't because of the brand it was because of that message um 
this idea of you know being a nice person being a gentle man and and kind of i think that's where influence is really positive it's where it has a simple succinct message mm. and it's not trying to sell you a product necessarily it's not trying to sell you a way of life but it's, it's selling you a message that was redefining masculinity which i like yeah and then it's way ahead of its time from, yeah, from then even then i knew i wanted to work in consumer trends oh, did yeah, you, you did. oh that's so sweet um okay guys <laughs> so <laughs> you love it both of you um just to finish um just want to say thank you to you both thank you. it was thank you. i think that was excellent really interesting um and we got a few giggles going through there and a bit of conversation and discussion um so guys if you're if you're interested in seeing what mintel has to offer you can follow mintel on and we can influence you on twitter at mintel news or finers on linkedin both of these guys simon moriarty and jack ducker are on there as well i'm sure they'll answer any questions that you have um Absolutely. once again thank you very much and uh, we'll be with you soon That's thank, you. Conversation. thank you